Hey guys, welcome to the Entrepreneurs Podcast. My name is Kim and I will be conducting this podcast. And with me, I have my mom, Rhonda, and she's the co-owner of Banded Pines is our business. Hey everyone. And then today we also have a special guest. Her name is Sadie. She is our business assistant and she helps us with a lot of really, you know, things that we are not good at doing and we need to delegate to her (laughs) more. So let me introduce her to you. Hello. Okay. So today we decided that we wanted to talk about something that I've been kind of learning about and reading about in my own personal studies. And Rhonda and I have talked about it a lot behind the scenes And we thought it would be something really important to talk to you guys about as well, because it's not just something that business owners can apply. It's something that dog owners as well can apply. And I think you guys will find that this is something very familiar once we talk about it when it comes to dog training, because all of us as dog owners do this with our dogs, even if we don't really realize that we're doing it. And it's very important to learn how to be conscious of it and purposefully apply it to everything that you do in your life and your business and even with your dogs. The topic that I wanted to talk about today is something called The Compound Effect. And this is a book by, I believe, uh, Darren Hardy is the author. And the book itself is really, really good. I would encourage everyone to go read it. It's not super long. It's pretty like short and simple. And you can also get it on audiobook. Yeah. I'd rather listen than read. Yeah, I do that. I like to. 75 Hard is forcing me to read, read the books, but I like to listen more. So the book talks about the compound effect, which is essentially the theory that it's not really a theory. It's it's a legit thing, but um, it's the theory that when you apply very specific uh, purposeful tasks towards a specific goal, it essentially compounds on itself. That's why it's called the compound effect. So it compounds on itself and you may not see the results Uh, sooner as quickly as you want to, but all of a sudden there's this big dip up um, or down if a spike up or a dip down if you're, you know, compounding bad habits. And in dog training, this is how I had this idea. As I was reading this book, I kind of had the idea like, hey, this is a lot like training a dog. And when you look at training a dog, you have a goal in mind. So let's say you're trying to teach your dog how to heal. So you have this goal in mind. You have this picture in your mind of your dog walking right next to you, whether it's off leash or on leash, whatever, just, you know, perfectly walking, you know, not lunging, not pulling, not being crazy. And that might be your goal. And so when you look at the goal, it seems impossible. I know for me, when I first got into learning how to train dogs, and I'm by no means a dog trainer, just with my own personal dogs. I remember looking at dogs that healed and I said, gosh, they're so lucky. Their dog's healing. Like, that's amazing. They got so lucky with that dog. Just like, you know, most people that have well-trained dogs get annoyed with people when they say that. I I was totally one of those people that thought it. I never said it, but I definitely thought it. And when I got Voodoo, I knew that I wanted her to be very well-trained because most Huskies that I see are not. And I remember thinking, I really want to teach her how to heal like perfectly. And so what did I do? I went on online and I watched a bunch of videos that taught me how to teach her how to heal. And I tried a lot of positive reinforcement stuff at first, like most people do. And, you know, I was giving her treats. I was doing the whole like turning around when she would pull and, you know, she didn't care. She was just 
got more hyper and more excited. And, you know, she thought it was like a funny game. It did not teach her anything. And I remember just feeling really frustrated. And I was like, this is impossible. I can't do this. And instead of giving up, I just decided to change tactics. And I looked into different forms of training how to heal. And I found Sean O'Shea, who does the good dog training. And his video just made my brain explode, like in the best way ever. I was like, holy smokes, this guy's a genius. And once I found his content and the way that he trains dogs and I started to apply it to the way that I was training voodoo, it was like a night and day difference. Yes, at first there was very slow progress, but I saw the result so much faster than I would have if I would have stuck with what I was doing before. And now that I've been applying the compound effect with voodoo's training, she heals off leash, she heals on leash she is like a dream dog because in all aspects of her training, I've applied this this same concept. And so what I wanted to talk about today is how that can apply to our lives. So for example, if you're trying to lose weight, for example, is something that a lot of people try to do. So if you're trying to lose weight and you're looking up what seems like the easiest path or, you know, like you try the keto diet or you try the paleo diet or you try the vegan diet, like all different diets and nothing seems to work. And then instead of doing that, you finally realize like, wow, none of this is really working. And so then you find someone who is doing the hard stuff, like they're working out and they've completely changed their diet. It's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. And they're also doing personal development. They're drinking a ton of water and like including all of it. Then you start to see the compounded effects and you start to see the weight start to slowly drip off. But it's more than that. It's like with Voodoo, I saw her starting to heal, but it was also I was like building a relationship with her. And I noticed that in every other aspect of her around the house, she was more a respectful dog. She wouldn't try to jump on things. She wouldn't try to jump on people. She was way less wired. She like understood and knew when to calm down just from teaching her a heal. And it was because I was building that relationship and respect with her on top of teaching her how to heal. So it's kind of the same thing in our lives when we're trying to apply all this stuff and we're really trying to, you know, make changes in our lives. What's important is to not look at the end picture all the time and to feel like, oh my gosh, that's so impossible to reach. And instead it's looking at the little steps along the way and purposefully compounding them on top of each other until we get to that goal. And then once we get to that goal, you just do it over and over and over again. So I'm going to have Sadie talk about how she trained Luna and how she used the same, if not, you know, similar principles. Yeah. To get Luna to where she is now, which is she's like super well-behaved now. She's awesome. I, I, she, she really is. <laughs> Sadie's like shaking her head, but she, she really is. She's like a really, really well-trained now. And so I'll just let Sadie talk really quick about, about how she trained Luna, building her relationship with her along the way. Okay. So when we got Luna we kind of started from square one with her. Like she was literally eating things off the counter when you left her unsupervised. Like that's how bad it was. And I was like, okay, well, first I thought of how I wanted my dog to be. And anybody can do this. Honestly, you sit and say, if I want my dog to be the best well-mannered dog ever, they can be. If you put the time in, they can be. Mm -hmm. If you don't like something your dog does, you put the time in, and fix it. And I was like, so many dog owners don't do that. They just go, oh, well, my my dog pulls or whatever. And yeah, the problem with that is they never fix it because they just say, well, that's what they do. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. Because I've seen so many times where I'm out with voodoo and I'll walk past someone whose dog, like I actually have 
like short story, but I, I was walking in Missouri and Voodoo and Opal were healing next to me off leash. And this lady came past and her, this dog was literally like pulling her arm off and it had a prong on, but the prong was like really low. It wasn't placed correctly. And I remember the lady walked past me and she goes, oh man, whatever her dog's name was. She's like, oh, look at their example. Look at how good they're being. And I literally turned back around. Like not, I wasn't, I tried to word it in like the nice way possible. I was like, I was like, I can show you how to teach your dog how to walk nice too. I was like, you already have the prong. You're halfway there. And she was like, oh my gosh, that'd be so great. Thank you. And so I walked up and just like adjusted the prong and I said, okay, you know, this should help. I said, they'll really correct themselves. And then I saw her because I we were walking around a loop opposite direction. So I saw her again at the other half of the loop and her dog was like still pulling, but it wasn't like ripping her arm off. And I was like, did it help? She's like, oh my gosh, it's so much better. And, and you probably blew her mind that day. <laughs> like seriously, yeah. you probably did. She probably yeah. didn't realize that she already had the tools to make her dog do. Yeah, she just wasn't using them exactly. properly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and that is the thing too with the compound effect is it's like you can be doing the same exact tasks every single day and want to be in a different place. But if you're doing the same things every single day and you're not changing, but you're expecting a different result, that's also the compound effect. It's just, you're plateauing through it. Like in the book, he talks about, there's three different guys. There's one guy, they're all the same age. They have the same job. They're, you know, there's one guy who he doesn't ever change for, I think it's like a year and a half and he stays plateaued. So at the end of the year and a half, he's exactly where he was before, except his marriage is maybe a little bit worse and he's a little bit less fulfilled than he was even at the beginning. Then there's the guy who like makes comp- like the bad choices. So at the end of the year and a half, he's gained like 30 pounds. You know, his marriage is like in shambles and he can't move. And then you've got the guy who did the good habits and they all have the same job and everything. And the the guy who made the good choices is all he did was he cut out having soda every week or something. And he decided to read personal development every day. And so by the end of that, he had gotten a raise at his job because his boss had seen his progress. His marriage had gotten tons better because he had the time and the focus to work on his marriage. And he had lost weight because he had cut out. So it it was like super interesting. Mm -hmm. But it is like the same exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people one of their faults as like dog, not dog trainers, but training your own dog. Yeah. Is you might follow like a dog trainer go, oh man, I love everything that they do, but that might not work for your dog. Exactly. Like every dog is different. Yep. And I ran into that with Luna is she's a lot different than my other dogs. Mm-hmm. And you scold her too much and she shuts down. And I went, oh, okay, that's a new learning curve. Like I have to do something different. And I did. And with those little steps that you take, just like the compound effect, you learn what works Mm -hmm. and what doesn't. And you keep learning through the whole thing and keep trying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Because it's like you try one thing and if it doesn't work after you've tried it multiple times, you go, hmm, okay, I need to try it a different way. Because if you just continue to compound that you know, negative thing. It's just going to take you to a worse place. And I think, I think it's important for like what I learned from the book is to be aware constantly of that, like in your own life. Like if something's not working, you got to change it instead of just trying to ignore it and just keep doing it. Be like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll work out. Oh, it's fine. That is so true because you end up miserable. Well, and when you think about like with dog training, the opposite of it, like think about, think about the people that that have this dog that's, you know, it's a fine dog. And then one day it bites their kid and they're like, oh my gosh, that came out of nowhere. No, it's been the compound effect the whole time. You just haven't seen the subtle little compound. Okay. Funny story. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to get true here for a second. Before yeah. Luna, we had a Kelpie. Mm-hmm. And we had her for six, seven years. Mm-hmm. And I ignored all the signs. And guess what? One day she did bite my son in the face. Yep. And you know what? It was more my fault than anything. I mean, yes, she probably shouldn't have acted like that. But it was me that put everybody in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, crap. Like, I didn't realize that. Yeah. And looking back, I'm like, I could have changed so many things. Yeah. Like her training, you know, I could have changed so many things. And I think that's why when I got Luna, I went, no, I'm not going to settle for, oh, she does this. No, she's going to be the dog that I want her to be. Because guess what? If I give her the right tools, she will be. Exactly. Yeah. You put the time in and they will be the dog that you want. It is. No, you're exactly right. I I think that it's like, even for me, especially, there have been many times where like, just even in my personal life where I've, I've done something consecutively and I've just ignored it and just been like, it's fine because it doesn't, it's not hurting at the time. It's not hurting anyone at the time. And then next thing you know, it, you're like waking up and you hate waking up and you're like depressed and frustrated all the time. And you're like, how did I get to feeling like this? It feels like last month I was fine. And it may feel like that, but it's just been like these slow, steady, incremental changes that take you where you want to go. And what I like that he talks about in the book is he talks about the compound effect is working all the time, whether you want it to or not. And it's your choice to make the changes to either let it work for you or against you. And he talks about like big mo, which is momentum. He talks about when you get momentum, because when you look at the charts of the compound effect, there's not much growth for the first like half. So if you're looking at like a year, if you're doing something for a year, say theoretically you reach that goal in a year, within the first six months, you're going to see little, if not any change. You really won't. And then once you get past that six month, you start to see a little bit, little bit, little bit, but you only see if you're looking for it. And then once you hit like the nine, 10 month mark, that's when it just starts skyrocketing up because as you've compounded it, you're also learning how to manifest it into the world constantly, whatever it is your goal, whether it's with your dog, whether it's, you know, with stuff in your life or even your business, it's just that compounded energy and momentum that you gets have to you be there. patient. Yes. <laughs> no, it is. It's like that. Um, have you ever seen that picture of the guy? It shows him like he's he's digging underground and it shows him and it shows the top guy. He was like a foot, if not less, away from like the gold nugget. And he turned around and started walking back. And then the guy underneath is even farther away from the nugget, but he's still enthusiastically digging towards it because he knows it's there. It's like such a cool concept to think about because we can't see farther ahead than where we're living. We can only look back and live in the moment. And so it's important for us to trust and put the work into the compound effect, even if we're not seeing the results right away. And it's the same with dogs too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to ask Rhonda, how did we use the compound effect to grow banded pines? How did you see us over the years that we've done banded pines grow it because I know we get a lot of questions from people that either want to start a business don't have one yet or who have a small business who want to know like how did you grow it so big and you know how did you do it in only four years like that kind of stuff so I want to kind of ask you to point out the little things that we purposefully intentionally did both from before we even started it to now that we are still doing to continue to grow the one thing that I can that I know that we purposefully intentionally did is that 
I know from my end, at least from trying to create. So Kim would have this great idea and she'd have this picture in her mind and she would try to explain it to me. And then I had to try to physically produce it. And so I would, you know, come up with something and it wasn't good enough and it could have been good enough, but we didn't, we don't ever let something that seems good enough be good enough. And we still do this to this day. We look at what we create and we just try to think always, is there still a way we can make this better? Is there still a way that this can help people in a bigger way or in a better way or a more convenient way or a less stressful way? So we are continually critiquing what we do and just asking ourselves all the time, is this good enough? Is this what we want? And it, it took a while with every different product. It took so many different, what would you call them? Prototypes kind of. I mean, I had to make them so many different ways with so many different materials. And that's difficult when you're starting. And it's really tempting to just give up and think, I don't think I can come up with what you are thinking in your head. And like the leashes, not even our leashes now, our, our first rendition of our leashes took nine months of me continually yep. making and remaking and tweaking and changing. And I mean, it was nine months of just not coming up with something that we felt like was good enough, especially for our quality and our lifetime warranty. And we finally came up with something and we put it out there and it was good and you guys loved it and a lot of people bought it, but it still wasn't good enough for us. And so to me, that is the biggest thing that stands out. There are so many other ways that we have used the compound effect to just continually get better and better in small little ways. But that's the biggest one that stands out in my mind. Yeah, that was a huge one. And the other one that I was thinking of was, well, from what I did was with Instagram, social media, like we post every single day, no matter what. I mean, there are a few times where we've missed posting, but there are very, very few times when we have not posted every single day. And I understand from a small business standpoint, when you feel like, well, I don't have content. I don't have enough content to post every single day. And you see bigger companies like us who have like, I don't even know how many photos we get tagged in a day. It's probably like up in the thirties, but like we get a lot of photos every day to go through and sort through and be like, oh, we can post this one or this one. And I would implore you to seek out any pictures that you feel represent your brand. I find a really, really good source for that is Pinterest. I love using Pinterest to find adventure photos of people with their dogs. They don't have to be wearing our stuff. I've even found recently, because I've been kind of trying to mix in pictures of people adventuring with their dogs, those posts get more likes even than the pictures of our own gear mm -hmm. because people like to see that stuff because it has a feeling that comes along with it. So if you can find on Pinterest pictures that you feel like represent your brand and evoke a feeling, even if it's like a cool picture with a lemon, like it doesn't even need to be dog stuff. Like it could be like a lemon and like on a kitchen table and you're talking about, you know, something, I don't know how you relate that to dogs, but I'm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, life gives you lemons. There you go. Sadie's got all the good ideas. But I, I do think that if you go on Pinterest and you find that stuff, like you just have to get really creative and you have to have a goal in your mind. Instagram posting every single day, that is exactly the compound effect. Instagram and Facebook work off of the compound effect. If you're not engaging every single day, if you're not posting every single day, if you're not putting out content that people want to engage with every single day, you're not going to see results as fast as we did or other pages that grow 
really, really fast. You have to apply those little tedious, even if you're getting like six likes on a picture, it, it feels frustrating because you're like, gosh, nobody even saw this, but it, you have to think of it also as like, you're building a portfolio. You're building your brand's presence online every single day that you post because people can always scroll back and see your old posts if they want to go back that far once you're where you are. But that to me was a huge one was like consistent posting. And we always engaged with people in the comments. And we've tried to get better at that again, because it's, it is hard when you get like, you know, 50, 60 comments a day to go in and reply to all of them. But it's made a world of a difference in our growth and our engagement and how well our customers feel like we connect with them and interact with them, that we really care about what they have to say and their involvement in the brand. That's a huge one, I think. And it's important. It's so important to never give up. But along that same lines of never giving up, that also means that you are aware of where you are personally, you are aware of your customers and how their needs might change. And so that's another question. You just, you have to continually be asking yourself questions to make sure that you're still meeting your ideal customer's needs. And you need to make sure your ideal customer is still the same customer. And sometimes you have to completely pivot like we did with our leashes. We came out with our leashes. They just weren't what we wanted them to be. So we had to pivot and we had to turn and we had to come up with something else. And and that meant starting all over again, starting from the very beginning and starting to come up with things in in a better direction. And so you have to never give up, but you also have to know when you have to pivot. Well, and you have to look at something and go, is this a dip or a cul-de-sac, which is from another really good book. The leashes, the first ones were completely and utterly a cul-de-sac because we couldn't scale it. We Mm -hmm. couldn't make it profitable when we were going to pay someone else to make it. I mean, my mom would sit in the office, you guys, in Boise for like days just doing leashes. leashes. Couldn't even get to collars and bandanas because the leashes were so consuming. And her fingers would be raw Mm -hmm. from hand tying the hemp cord. It was like a nightmare product. And so then... Yeah. Sadie's like shaking her head. It was awful. It was, it really was. And it was sad because we still have a lot of people that will contact us every once in a while and be like, they want the oh my gosh, leash. you know, do you guys have any of the old leashes? And we're like, Mm-mm. no way. Nope. You could pay us a million bucks to make to those back dang there. leashes again. But the whole thing with like a dip is like the bandanas were definitely a dip. They were. And the we harnesses are proving to be it. a dip we had, right yes. now. <laughs> you, ha- you have to just work through it and work through it and work through it and work through it. And just say, I, there's a way. I know there's a way. I'm yep. going to find the best way. Like we spent a year just brainstorming on and off. Like how do we make these different than every other bandana on right. the market without like above and beyond the stain and water resistance? Like how do we make this a game changer for people who already either like bandanas or even don't like bandanas? And by looking at it and knowing that the goal that we had in mind, because with the leashes, what we found is it was a cul-de-sac because we had hit the end of where the goal was. And we're like, this is not where we wanted it Mm -hmm. to be. And we just kept going around in a circle and around in a circle and around in a circle. And that was why we completely pivoted. And we went back. And then the next idea that we had, we're like, oh, this is a dip. Like this, this is going to be hard to work through at first, but once we get to the top and the other side, it's going to be so worth it. And it has been. It has been. Because it, it matches our other stuff. And it was kind of a gateway into like the slip and see collar exactly. and a lot of other things. So it's- It opened up new opportunities. Yes. Yeah. No, exactly. It did. So the last point that I wanted to touch on for this podcast is I wanted to talk about how you as the listener can apply 
the compound effect in your own life. Because if you're not a business owner, you might feel like, well, I don't need to post every day on Instagram, which you don't (laughs) if you're, you know, just posting to post. So one of the biggest ways that I've found is most helpful to apply the compound effect is by looking at your life and deciding where do I want to make the biggest change. And whether that's losing weight or drinking more water or going on more, you know, outdoor workouts or, you know, hikes, whatever it may be, or even if it's like you just want to train your dog more. The beauty of the compound effect is it's making it as simple and easy as possible. So it's not starting by drinking a gallon of water a day. You start with drinking a quart or you start with drinking like two quarts if you already kind of drink a lot of water. Or you start by setting an alarm so that you drink a little bit every hour. Yes, exactly. You have to know yourself. You do. Exactly. Help. Yeah. Because for me, I do the best when I just throw myself cold turkey into things. If I do it incrementally, I will fall back every single time because I almost, I, I like, I need it to be a challenge. Like if it's too easy at first, it's like frustrating to me. So I have to have like an upfront challenge and like really dig deep and like gritty to get through it. So like, my mom and I are doing 75 hard. We're drinking a gallon of water a day. You guys, I hate water. It's disgusting. I hate drinking it. And I've always had a hard time drinking it. And I would go through these phases of being like ultra dehydrated. And I finally took a look at myself and I was like, this is not where I want to be. And so by doing 75 hard, every single day I drink a gallon of water. It's non-negotiable. It's not even like I can go, oh, today I'll drink three quarts. No, I drink a gallon of water every single day. It's non-negotiable. Even if I, like I've had some nights where I forget, I stay up until like one midnight or 1 a.m. to finish drinking my water, even if it means I have to get up and pee in the middle of the night. Non-negotiable. That is an extreme example of the compound effect. Here's an example of the compound yes. effect. Say you want a better relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse. You fine-tune this to how you want to improve that relationship. Maybe for some of you, it is you know, I am going to send my significant other a text every day. I'm going to tell them something positive or compliment them or tell them something, the reason I love them. Or it could be that you need to go even farther and you need to say, we need to go on dates more. So we're going to start having a date night every single week. I mean, it could be anything. You just, you fine tune it to whatever you think you need. If you have to start really small, you start really, really, really small. Yep. If you want to go up and you want to make it bigger than that, and you think and you know you can do that, then that's where you go. And it's non-negotiable, like you said. You have to make it non-negotiable. Yep. And it's non-negotiable in the sense that you have to put your mindset in the place that this little tiny task that I'm doing today, it seems so small, but it's making a big difference as I do it more and more and more and more. Like the longer that you're compounding that task is what ultimately will bring you to the goal that you want to reach. And it's also making a promise to yourself yeah. and then keeping that promise. That's mm-hmm. why you have to make it non-negotiable. It has to be this, I'm promising, I'm making this promise to myself. This is how badly I want this. This is how badly I want a better trained dog. Or this is how badly I want a better relationship. Or this is how badly I want fill in the blank. It yeah. doesn't matter. Well, and it's- once you get to the point where you can visualize what and feel where that goal is. Like it's not feeling like, oh yay, my dog's healing. It's feeling the pride when someone walks past you and they they look at your dog and go, oh, I wish my dog could do that. And that's not being like egotistical. It's simply just digging deep and going, how do I want myself to feel when I achieve this goal? Or it's walking into the house and running up to your 
husband or your wife or whatever and, you know, hugging them super tight and just feeling this like insane love for that person and, or, you know, going on a date night with them and just feeling that love and that excitement and that joy of being with that person, that's where you have to focus on the goal. Because if you can't dig deep and find a good enough why for it, and you can't figure out how to want it bad enough, then it is negotiable. It becomes negotiable. It's only non-negotiable if you want it more than anything else Mm -hmm. in the world at that time. So that is how you can apply the compound effect to your life. So I hope you guys really enjoyed this podcast. We had a lot of fun talking about these topics. And if you guys have any topics for the podcast that you would be interested in us covering, even if it's like a Q&A, please DM us on Instagram. Our handle is at bandedpines, all one word, all lowercase. And you can shoot us a DM. Let us know what topics you want us to cover if they're like this, if there's this question just like eating you up that you've always wanted us to cover or ask us. We'll definitely talk about it and don't feel like there's any topic that we would be like appalled to talk about because really we do want to get into like the nitty gritty of being business owners and what it's really like and how you guys can apply it to both your business and your personal life and your dogs because all that stuff is important to us and is awesome. So I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.